Welcome listeners. This is, well, I'm actually really excited. Actually, I'm getting really hot, which says something about this episode, I think. Um, This episode was completely unplanned. It was not part of the original, you know, uh, ping of HD Embodied Podcast Series, but along the way, it became very clear that this, uh, this frequency, this energy of this podcast series was letting me know that there were missing pieces. And then, you know, and I just stayed open and listened and, you know, let it speak to me. And I came across this, you know, magical piece of clarity. I believe it was after I'd been through an emotional wave of feeling, you know, melancholy all day, which is like one of my, you know, signature emotions when my emotional wave kicks in and I mope about feeling all moody and artistic and creative and whatever else but basically I cry in the bath I make it sound very glamorous (laughs) that's really what I do and then I was lying in the bath and I was like we don't have any reflectors on this series yet and they are the only non-represented energetic type and I'd also been getting a lot of inquiries about just in general from my field about, so do you train people to read human design, which short answer, yes, long answer, way more interesting. And then it pinged to me (laughs) and I'm like, you dumbass, you have the most amazing reflector in your field who is also a human design reader who uh, went through the whole experience uh, of self-certifying in becoming uh, embodied in human design to go out and read. And so why wouldn't you just record a podcast episode with her? And so here we are today to talk about becoming a human design reader, an embodied human design reader. And I have the beautiful Megan on uh, the call with me today. Megan is this incredible 6'3" reflector, uh, which means that she has a lunar authority. Uh, She has the left angle cross of separation too. Uh, And, you know, for you HD geeks, you'll be well aware of what a reflector is. But for those of you who don't know what a reflector is, a reflector is this amazing, rare, wonderful uh, being, 1% of the population who, when you look at their chart, when you look at their HD chart, they have none of their centers colored in, which means they have no channels of energy. So when we look at our charts, as you'll know from the very first episode, where you have color is where you have natural energetic gifts. And reflectors, when you look at Megan's chart, you'll see that she has a whole bunch of of gates of black and red lines in her chart, which are her energetic gifts. But no two of those gifts meet up to create a flow of energy, which then lights up those centers and gives her an internal definition or what we call in human design as turning her into a solar being. So there is something internal to her that really is the, the, the radar of her own essence, her own being. Um, that moves her through the world and really guides her in in being her truest expression in the world. For Megan, for reflectors out there, they are lunar beings. They are a, a very different way of being in the world. Part of the way that I talk about them is that they are our original shamans, right? They are designed, and the reason that they're rare is they're one per village, people, one per village. Don't get greedy. You don't get multiple reflectors in your village you get one per village except I am one of those greedy people and I've collected a whole bunch of reflectors in my field and I love them all so dearly but the the concept the energetic concept of being a reflector is that they live in the center of the village and they literally reflect 
back to the village such deep and profound wisdom about all the things that are going on. Hence the reason that they are energetically sensitive to the field in all of the ways, right? Every energetic theme that exists in our field, the reflectors can very deeply, deeply access what is going on on these really um, uh, deeper layers and reflect that back to the village. And so when we look at what the role of a shaman is in a village, it is somebody who is here to guide the village into you know, it's, uh, you know, it's fullest wellness, it's greatest expression, it's most thriving state, it's most, uh, you know, emotionally healthy uh, way of being. It's like if we take the village energetic, the collective energetic as the energetic of, you know, our entire state of being, if, you know, if we're all part of the oneness, you know, and the village is the oneness, the reflector that has this deep attunement at the very center of the village as to what is uh, what is the what is the state of the oneness in this moment in time. And so it's a very incredible gift that they give the village. And in today's society, imagine what it must be like to be a reflector. And so we see uh, typically reflectors, instead of living at the center of village, their villages or their, their collective of people, they've run away into the forest and they're hiding out in the forests from society being like, fuck this shit. Right. And so this is a really beautiful episode for people to really understand and value and get in tune with not only reflectors and the reflectors in their lives. If you have reflectors in your life, um, but also to get in tune with your own sensitivity and what a gift it is, right? Um, because when reflectors are around you, they will reflect back everything about you to yourself, which is one of the reasons I just love them so dearly. Uh, they are they are just this glorious, uh, you know, being that can be so multifaceted, total unicorns. Uh, and I really value them for the wisdom that they hold in terms of um you know being in service to the collective or the individual uh and so in return i just love to love them for being them so without any further ado i could talk about reflectors oh. <laughs> megan why don't you let listeners know how we met and how this whole human design reflector you know magic began for you mm -hmm. um Firstly, I just want to say thank you for that intro. I love that you could talk about reflectors all day because I could sit here and listen to it all day <laughs> and, and just pair. <laughs> um, yeah, so we met at a mutual friend's house in um, Adelaide and I was there for craniosacral therapy and I had been introduced to human design and knew that I was a reflector and it um, wasn't really, um, I, I wasn't very impressed with being a reflector. <laughs> I, I was actually quite mortified when I found out I was a reflector and I had this um, idea that I was going to be a perpetual victim, that I had no, um, that I was going to be constantly influenced by everybody and not have my own foundation and just be at the whim of everything around me and um yeah meeting you at um Laura's house and knowing that you did human design readings and um yeah when I got myself in a position where I could I yeah had a reading with you and um yeah learned a lot of things that I didn't know that about being a lunar being and that you know, I go through this cycle every month um, that I do have consistency in my chart with um, as the moon cycles each day and goes into different gates, it lights me up. And um, I have always felt that I'm very influenced by the heavens as well, um, that I can find myself behaving certain ways and then I'll read something or be reminded that this is going on astrologically and I'm like, oh, and then it's gone. <laughs> it's not. It's not me. It's just being influenced by, by the heavenly bodies. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Work 
started working with you and um, doing Yoni Activation and then I got into Unlocked and um, bought my Bible, my human design book, and I would read it and go, I have no idea what this means. And it probably wasn't until Stardust happened and we started um, really embodying centre by centre, month by month, um, that now I look at my human design Bible and it's like, oh, that yes. And um, it's, it's completely changed. It's not just information anymore. Yeah. And you're now at a point in your journey where you've started doing readings for others, haven't you? Yes, yes. Yeah. Did you ever plan to become a human design reader? No, no. Snap! Snap! <laughs> right? Yeah, I, th I think I wanted to get into astrology, but I did an astrology course and it just um, it didn't sit with me. Like it would light me up in the class but then when I went away from it, it, it just, yeah, I couldn't, wasn't integrating. It wasn't, yeah, wasn't working. <laughs> and like, and so this is really beautiful. So what you were saying about, you know, being influenced by the planetary bodies and feeling the, the, the consistency through your flow, this is one of the beautiful things that I really love about reflectors is that, you know, we live in a society that's all about conformity. It's all about stability. It's all about control. It's all about uh, don't rock the boat, right? And so from very, very, very young ages, we're all encouraged to find the things about ourselves that are worthy and valuable and then hold onto them for dear life and make them like the the you know, the stability and the structure of society. So we get told, you know, these are the spots in our structure of our society that you can fill, you know, do you have this ability within you? Yes. Okay. Well then you can go into this box. That's how our, our society, our structure is built, right? It's very, so when we talk in human design about the eras, this is like the old era cross of planning kind of energetic. It's been correct for us to live like that. It's helped us as a humanity thrive right until now until now right <laughs> and unsurprisingly we have a new era energetics kicking in 2027 is the like shift point but gosh for decades and decades and decades humanity has been moving towards this point and for decades and decades and decades decades beyond we'll be integrating what it means to be living in a different way a different way of being you know and in some languages we could talk about this as in we've lived in a masculine way and we're moving more back to a feminine way and of course like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago we lived in a more feminine way and we shifted into a masculine way of being cross of planning has been for roughly 400 years this new cross the cross of the sleeping phoenix will be a similar amount of time right so we're moving into a more feminine way of being now control stability structure organization logistics these are all masculine kind of energetic traits feminine energetic traits growing flowing creating birthing uh you know refining tweaking i hear those projectors out there being like oh yes this is what i'm here for right like um in the creation with the manifesting energy uh growing with the with the generator energy you know like uh we we're here to invite more flow more chaos energy into our day-to-day -day being it doesn't mean that we're gonna completely dive into the land of permanent chaos, there is still going to be structure, there is still going to be organization, there is still going to be some sort of stability, it's just going to look different. And I think our reflectors are the living embodiment of this new energetic, if you really, really feel into it, because whilst they are malleable, whilst they shift and change and move with the, the energy around them, they have their own rhythm, they have their own flow, which comes from what in human design we call their lunar authority. It's the cycle of the moon and how the moon activates their chart um, and also all the other planetary bodies as well, right? The move from gate to gate to gate happens to all of us, but those of us that are solar beings with internal definition, we don't feel it so much, you know, but for reflectors, they've got a kind of a thing. So reflectors actually get to be 
manifestors, generators, projectors at different points in their lunar cycle. Uh, and so this is where they're really these people that can show us, you don't have to be one set way. You don't have to conform. You don't have to fit into your box. Actually, in this new era energetic, the way that we're all going to show up and connect and formulate some sort of a community, a collective, is by all of us being our own unique individual self, moment to moment to moment, staying in alignment with truth and letting that magnetize us to the right places, the right people, the right experiences, the right, uh, you know, the right uh, communities, the right ways of being in connection. And this is human design. This is why this system just gets me going, right? It's so incredible. So it's such a feminine led system. Reflectors being such beautiful examples of how to be in the world in a feminine led way. This episode is going to be really hard for me to not talk and like, because I'm like on such a roll here. You just light me up so much, which I think is such a beautiful example of what reflectors do. Like Megan gives me my own energy back. So I'm actually feeding off of her energy right now. <laughs> actually, my energy turned up, you know, three or four times. So like, woof, um, it's so much fun. Megan, tell us a little bit about what life was like for you before you understood this incredible sensitivity to your system. Mm. Uh, I, my, my early years involved a lot of moving um, due to my dad's line of work. So I never, I never had consistency in my environment so I was always moving um and so each new school I went to had new structures and having to learn how to fit in I always felt like yeah I was just on the edge that I was never part of society um and even when I moved here to Bansdale going to school it took me a long time to find a group or be accepted into the group. I was, I was always a fringe dweller and, um, yeah, even in those groups I could still feel like a fringe dweller that I just wasn't the same as everyone else, that I was different. And, um, and I know a lot of people feel like that as well, but it was just very, um, could be very lonely, yeah. yeah. And I think this is really beautiful for anybody with an open G to hear. Open G center people will understand this sensation of like not fitting in, not really having this deep anchor into who am I, um, and and like being more malleable in that in the answer to that question. And so, Megan, what was uh, what was the permission that you received that allowed you to like own your uniqueness for listeners? Well, I, I think it was just permission in general, like being in Stardust and um, where everything's okay, everything's welcome and everything's accepted. And I've also been involved in Shamanic School of Womancraft and so that's um, being embodied with the feminine and, yeah, the feminine um, or the healed divine feminine accepts all things. There is no right and wrong and to be in those spaces um cracks you open to accept who you are and it gives you full permission and as sad as it is that we need permission we it's true in our society that we do need that permission from um our environments from our groups that we're in to be who we are so that we can flourish and thrive and well I think I think that point that you make there to flourish and thrive is it like we can be our unique selves but if we're having to be defensive around that if we're having to fight for that if we're having to uh, if we feel like that we've got to protect ourselves to be that, then we're always in a state of survival. And I think this is like the next layer of the game is what you're talking about here is actually where you've got in tune with the fact that you have your own unique essence and your own, uh, you know, ability to be uh, who you are in the world. And then you start to open up to where are the people that actually have permission for that 
as well. And then we form bonds from there, right? And that's when the thriving and the flourishing can really kick in. And so it sounds like you found that in Stardust, you found that in your shamanic school of women craft, um, such, you know, permissive places. Talk to me about what it was like to actually like know stuff, but then be in these containers, in these spaces with these types of people actually living it. You know, what was the experience of translating this stuff that you heard mentally into actually a lived physical experience? Because I think this for me and human design is like when I talk about HD embodied and the embodiment of human design as a reader, this is, for me is the magic, you know, mm -hmm. like there is a gazillion and one places you can go and learn the theoretical information about human design, which gives you permission to a certain level, but it's actually that embodied experience of living the, that permission in your, in your body that really like on a, on a cellular level changes things. So talk to people about what it was like to start living your human design in the world mm -hmm. around people that had permission for that. Yes, it, it was a roller coaster. Um, it, my life um, has changed so much and COVID came in at the perfect time for me because um, I was in a position where I needed to earn income to support myself and um, my daughter and um, COVID came along and it was like the feminine just came in and was like, no, no, no more. And I had all that time during lockdowns to really be with myself and find the spaces where I could really get in touch with myself and then start being that in the world and um, use, you know, learning about my chart and my different gates and what gifts I have and um, then being in the Stardust container and having to unwind all of that not-self um, that was very challenging at times, very uncomfortable, but then when it's you get to the other side of it, it's it's magic. It's <laughs> and then being able to step into communities, being invited into communities where I have been able to be the centre of the village and just be who I am. And um, I think reflectors, for me as a reflector, like you don't realise that not everybody knows what you know. <laughs> that's what came up for me. That oh, and, that, and that's a piece of permission. That. <laughs> that's a piece of permission for everybody because so often I do a reading and I'm sure you have this experience as well when you do readings is you tell people something about their natural gift and they're like, yeah, and then if you say to them and you know not everybody has that and they go, yeah, but then you, you can watch it like <laughs> clunk in where they're like, Oh, right. And, yeah. you know, this is a good piece of permission for generators who are listening because the flows that you have coming out of your sacral that make you a generator are generated gifts. They don't actually require doing. <laughs> They're about being. They're generated. They're just like natural energetic gifts that exist in your field. And just by encountering your field, people access those uh, those gifts from you, right? And so there can be this like lack of understanding that you are actually giving your gift out into the world without actually doing because generating mm. gifts are about being, yeah, very feminine. And so, you know, that's a great piece of permission. Megan, so much of what you're you're talking about is talking to your 6-3 profile yeah. right? and like let so let's talk about what it's like to be a three, all right? Like, I think this is really great, a really great conversation. Like threes are our experimenters with life. And even though you're a six three and you, so you were a double three there for a while to, uh, you know, roughly around 30, um, what's experimenting been like for you in life? Um, initially being a double three involved getting in trouble a lot because, um, 
parents have a tendency to use the word don't a lot, don't do blah, blah, blah. And when you're a three, when you say don't do, it's an open invitation to test the theory. And, um, you know, as a child, the most ridiculous things like, Megan, if you go in the kitchen, don't touch the iron because I've just used it, it's hot and you'll burn yourself. Oh, is that true? I'll go and test that theory and burn myself on the iron. Like, you know, ridiculous thing. And, you know, and then you get growled at about, why did you do that? I told you not to do that. Yeah, so, so what did you learn? What did you, what was the feedback that you got given that that openness will have really absorbed around being somebody who was an experimenter and, and making these mistakes, which are not mistakes at all. They're just your way, your way to like, like I love what you said about like test the theory, right? This is the amazing thing about threes. It's like the... It it, it it wakes people up out of this, you know, programmed state of like you just accept the information that you're given. Well, a three is like, I don't, don't give me the information. I'm going to give it a crack and see. Like, and they find the stuff that we wouldn't otherwise find, right? But what did you learn as a child from being like that? I, I learned that making mistakes was wrong. It was bad and it was going to cost you. <laughs> it was going to, you, you'll be punished. <laughs> and so as you, as you, got, good. yeah. And so as you got older, what sort of patterns did this create in you? Um, it created a lot of hiding. Um, it created a lot of um, not, not being direct with people, not being upfront about things and, um, yeah, come, coming in sideways to things and people pleasing and um, yeah, 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 yeah. And what did what did living like that teach you? It's hard. It's exhausting. It's like um, wrapping yourself up, like trying to fit yourself into a box, and um, I can't think of the word con contortion becoming a contortionist yeah. um, depending on who you're around and um, yeah it's, it's it's exhausting and it's soul destroying it's draining and um, it's not very fun after years and years of doing it yeah so <laughs> you, you you're you're how old now 47. Yes. Yeah. So you're coming into like the third phase of being a six. So, I mean, for Megan, because she's, a, you know, a six three, even though when she went up onto the roof, she probably backed out of experimenting quite to the extent that she did in her, you know, 20s and, and teens and childhood, but she would have still been an experimenter for a period of time. But really like the Megan's entering that magic phase uh, for sixes where, a lot of that experiential wisdom is married with like observational wisdom that you get from like kind of standing back from life a bit and being like, holy shit, what's going on? You know, like people, what are we doing here? Like, and having a look, right. And getting this like broader perspective in all the ways. And, you know, and I'm not talking about a mental broader perspective and particularly as we're talking to Megan as, as her as a reflector is like, this is sight for her comes through so many different avenues through her system because of this sensitivity. So for people listening at home, where you're open is where you have some sort of sight, you know, it's not mental sight necessarily. It might be like emotional sight. It might be like a, 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 a sight on pressure and stress or wellness or, you know, the quality of life force energy or like, what people are doing here in life you know for me the sensitivity is around people's inner children i can see them all i can see the world and the age that we're actually running around at you know and it wasn't until i got on the roof and megan i'd be really interested in your experience and that you actually create some space for this site to really come in and then you're starting to head towards this third phase. What have you started to notice there? <laughs> it's It's been, um, I've really found the phases a very, um, uh, I would describe it as like a, a, a conscious awakening, like something happens. For me, I, I think I was around 
34, 35. And I was, I wake up one morning, I was like, where have I been for the last seven years? It was like another part of me had clicked in that hadn't been there for some time. And now I'm feeling this, not so much pressure, but this sense of like, I've, I've got to get ready. Like I'm there, I need to have this sense of readiness for the next phase and it's interesting um having listened to the podcast and all the six different sixes that you've talked about talked to and sixes in my life that we do all have this sense of something's coming in the future like my time is you know not quite now but we still have this pressure of yeah but I need to do all this stuff and (laughs) Yeah. yeah and that can be uh you know like that openness to your system is sensing that like the collective pressure to actually you know surrender to the shift instead of fighting it Mm. um and knowing that you have a role to play in 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 supporting the collective through that shift right i think that's there are so many sixes that are in this you know i don't call it what you will like there's so many coded words for for people you know healers leaders coaches blah 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 blah. but if you're somebody who's like embodied in service is more how I like to refer to it Mm. there are a lot of sixes who are embodied in service there's also a lot of twos and a lot of fours right so I mean and there's all the other types as well like we have every profile type in service um but this sensation of like there's an, uh, something about the now is particularly unique to sixes. But then mm-hmm. sixes were born knowing that there was something that they came here to do specifically when they were kids. Mm. You know, like these little kids that were these little old souls that are like, well, I didn't come here to fuck around. I'm here for something in particular, but I've got no idea what it is, <laughs> you know, but it's important and I've got to do it. I don't know what it is. You know, and so this is where, like, I love the to take the seriousness and the pressure off of that is that whole, like, life is a game. Mm. So if we just play it, we'll find out, yeah? Yeah. And everything that we have been experiencing has contributed to us finding out, and that's why there's no right or wrong. Mm. Yeah. Megan, yeah. so let's bring this back to, like, becoming a human design reader, right? Like you you were talking and saying, I never intended to be a human design reader. I certainly wasn't my experience. I just did it for fun. And then one day a projector, that being their unique gift, said to me and her unique gift specifically around spiritual business and service was like, why are you not giving this gift to your clients? And I was like, oh, because it's just something I do for fun. But that shifted my entire reality as projector energy can do and got me on the path of serving human design but I had played around with it for so long before I'm a two so that was really important for me you're a three so the experimentation was really important for you you know at that point what was the point where you realized oh actually I might start giving this gift out to the world I I think it was when I um you know as soon as I learned about human design you know, he talk about how people go about it. I was one of those people, oh, let's look at your chart and, oh, you've got this and you've got that. And um, then I think it wasn't until, like, I started, like, clearing out some of my night self and coming into me and just the amount of permission that human design gives you to be you. And um, I was like, it is such a gift and how amazing if I can give that to other people. Yeah. If I could give people a fraction of the amount of permission that you have given me channeling through human design, like I, I'd be I'd be stoked. Yeah. And to me too, I think my sun gate is gate five, which some people refer to as being about structure. Um, but I'm a very feminine led person so for me it's all about being in flow being in rhythm being in cycle um you know I hold women's circles I'm part of the shamanic school of womancraft um I've done craniosacral like 
it, all my experiences in my past have mounted up to now and I really feel doing my readings for people is helping people bring come back into their own natural flow. I love this. So the way that I do readings, and this, this is why I'm so passionate about embodied human design readers, right? Because anybody can get the information, right? You can, I remember the time that I studied, I actually did a four day intensive training to become a human design reader because as a two, typical two, not recognizing that, I felt like I should, right? Like I should get a qualification. I should have somebody outside of my me say, yep, you're good enough to read. That was very much my open ego program, very much my masculine led program, and very much my like doubting of my two natural energy, right? And I remember sitting there for four days just being like, I know all of this. I don't like what what like what is it about? Mm. Why, why and people were having these in incredible experiences, but they were gathering information that wasn't either, like for me it's natural to me or that they didn't have or whatever else. And so this is where I see it's really valuable, particularly if you're a one, to gather a lot of information around human design and know it. Um, but you say to me like. I've got great 48 and I'm like, yep, okay, can you like remind me where that is in the chart so that I can get a visual and like I don't, like I haven't memorized every gate and channel in the chart. That's not the way that I work with the energy. Yeah. And so for me, actually playing around with it and letting it come to me naturally was part of what made me the reader that I am. And I am my own kind of reader. And when you say about like, how human design comes through you knowing this gate five energy you know that fixing rhythm so actually knowing that you what you do is is uh just by in your nature of being because it comes off the sacral being about like oh this is about like finding the rhythm in people finding the flow for people you know and that's human design adds a little bit of a container to letting that energy come through you yeah? yeah and that's really how i feel human design as a technology that i use to serve people is it's the structure it's the container that the energy that comes through me as a channel as a vessel flavored with all of my stuff uh in service to other people right and so of course anybody can be a channel to this energy but no two people are the same type of channel yes yes yeah yeah and so this is where embodied human design readers make me really excited because rather than churning out human design robots who are mentally repeating the information that they've stored mm. you actually get the flavor of the channel which is unique to everybody and it's really important for us to have that uniqueness you know what yeah. resonates for you in one reader you know another reader won't resonate for you in the same way and so it's important you find the channel for the energy that matches you and what's mm -hmm. calling inside of you yeah? yeah so delicious so yummy yeah so as you've embodied human design and become a reader and started serving out this energy through your own channel with that that gate five energy really strong what have you what have you noticed in yourself that's changed to become the channel right because i mean this is this is a, a really important thing is quite often there's like I, I talk about it in terms of like business and service right business is where we work out what we're going to get from doing the thing it's very masculine mm -hmm. and it's the old way of being uh, of doing now i kind of look at service as like i am being and i am running energy through my system and it's going out and of course that's going to change me mm -hmm. right so when i run energy yeah frequency hold a container you know let's talk about it in really like plain jane language and not spiritual i run a program that program works me first before it works the people in the program right yeah. and so human design is no different so when you started serving human design what shifted then as you became the channel for human design and the energy of human design yeah so first initially it was just 
reading the information and um, just probably my first few readings were just information regurgitating because that was when I was look at things and go, what does that mean? And But then as it got on, I would sit with it and feel it and um, it's like looking at each, looking at the type and authority and um, profile and then specific channels and um, I love sun gates. Um, I've inherited that from you, I think, focusing on sun gates. Um, like I'd start feeling like the design and have a this sense of how they move through life and the gifts they have to bring. And then when, especially when they're my friends and my shamanic school of womancraft friends who are out in the world living their design, like it's just, it becomes quite overwhelming sometimes. I get quite emotional, like feeling this energy through me and it just lights me lights me up. And then to be able to give that to somebody and they're like, oh, and they resonate with everything, but sometimes it's a little bit um, it's a little bit gritty or it's a little bit too much to take on and they need that space to let it open and un- unwind. So, yeah, now I'm finding I, I'm feeling more into the gates and the channels um, and I use gene keys a lot too because I love that um, working with the shadow, the gift and the city and um and i and it whenever i look at that it gives me such hope for humanity as well that um yeah i'm just i'm feeling so strongly your reflector energy right now like you're literally creating the world that you want to live in because you have to feel it right and so Mm -hmm. you're like oh that sensation of people actually receiving that permission to clean up their energy and turn up the volume of their own beauty and like really like be embodied in who they are feels so good to you like i really felt it when you were talking it and you're like ah yeah. oh, then that, that feels so good to me and i'm like yes <laughs> and now because that feels good to me too right like and this is the beautiful symbiotic nature of all things right like we're not you know we're meant to live in connection mm. and we've all got our unique way that we connect and like we we just we're just we're just immature at like knowing how to do that cleanly from truth rather than uh you know from that programmed way that kept us safe not right not wrong just that's the way it has been and we're like learning and we're like we're we're not really deeply mature in this when we look at new era energy and this is like the solar plexus is the place that we're going to be maturing and mm. emotions and feelings right mm. like and emotions and feelings as a beautiful energy that carries us into deeper connection with our spirit our, our highest self our truest form right and so this is why this time in humanity is such an emotional time because we're really getting clean and clear for what comes next and i just like feel your joy your aliveness at serving Mm. that yes and and also like uh the understanding that yeah it is crunchy and gritty too and like i'll um like i really feel that value of having that reflector in the center of the village who can just like hold that thing of like let's clean this up yeah Mm. and 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 really respecting that role in the village of somebody saying that yeah yeah so beautiful and and it's cleaning my stuff up at the same time (laughs) yeah getting to be that cleaner clearer channel for the energy yeah for yeah for being more and more and more present in your highest uh embodiment high i don't highest is always like a funny word for me because i always feel like the more we evolve the deeper we go and i know like you've done shamanic crafts you'll be like with me on this it's like we go even deeper into the into the things and it's like richer and juicier and i just like feel that yeah and for me um I, I have gate 46 is my only gate in my G center. So it's all about the body. Like, I've every, you know, everyone, I think with gate 46 has had this body journey and um, 
that's probably where my healing started was knowing that I, I spent so long trying to get out of my body and it's coming into the body. You have to be in your body and the deeper you can get in your body, yeah, the, the more yeah. magic life and, is. And so, so this like getting deeper into the body, let's bring something in here that I find really interesting because like we talked a little bit about the planetary bodies creating definition in your chart. Um, and like we'll pull up your transit for today, right, so that people can see on the screen during the, um, you know, during watching the recording of this podcast, they'll see like the transit of your chart and, and what's happening to you today because of the planetary bodies, right? It's like yeah. it's wild. And so for people listening at home who are obviously not reflectors this happens to you too you just don't feel it because there's already stuff going on inside of you that you know holds your awareness but where we're open is where our energy really gets pulled and so for a reflector when they get definition you know that becomes like a really dominant feeling in their system so we look at megan's chart today and megan's actually a manifesting generator today <laughs> You know, like she's got a sacral and she's got a G center and she's got an emotional wave. And she's also got like, it was a perfect day for us to record this podcast because she has the three, what I call the Oracle channels running from her Ajna to her throat. So where on other days when those channels aren't activated, she might have a little bit of trouble communicating what she knows in different ways. Whereas today she's like, Give it to us, Megan. What do you know today, right? Like, uh, because this is a part of her gift today. Um, and you were talking to me yesterday a little bit about having this sensation of being like getting that clarity around going bigger. So talk to me about that experience of how, how these planetary activations in you have kind of given you some clarity that because we, we hear a lot for reflectors, you've got to wait 28 days and yeah. it's such a bullshit yeah. teaching. Yeah. Like um, the theory of it and the lived experience of it, this is where human design not embodied is like such a, a, a bit of fuckery, right? Like 28 days, you can't make any decision for 28 days because you're a lunar being and there's nothing inside of you that helps you make decision. You know, go and live like that, people. Like. Yeah. I challenge everybody out there to not make a decision for 28 days on anything. Like it's ridiculous, right? And so sometimes people say, oh, don't worry. If it doesn't have a big consequence, just do whatever you want, right? And then like it doesn't really matter if you make the wrong choice. Like if you eat the wrong thing for dinner, who cares? Also not great advice. That's like saying go and operate on your programming people, right? You know? <laughs> and so the advice that I love, like the, the attunement, I'm not even going to call it advice because it's your game to play, not mine. The attunement that I give to reflectors is like learn your flow, like find out the times when you feel like, yeah, like I do actually know today. Like I have got like a real turn on for this today with the exception that you hold it loosely because tomorrow it might be different, yeah? So it's like don't grip to it just because yesterday you had a really strong turn on for this thing. Today I'm like really turned on by the thought of learning guitar and then in four days' time, that turn on is like gone don't mm. beat yourself up about it be like okay well for four days i was meant to muck around with a guitar mm. you know let yourself flow so tell me what it's tell, talk to us a bit a little bit about this yesterday this clarity that you had that came into your system because your chart looks pretty similar to this transit chart from today yeah, yeah. um well that's actually all come through this morning but yesterday i had a magical day yesterday i was really in flow um I I would I have this belief that I'm not a morning person and yesterday I was up at 5:30 in the morning took my daughter to work and I just ran into the people I was meant to run into um created situations that are going to you know bring some juice into my circles and um it just all hit me that um people in my circle knowing that human design is going to be much more benefit because we're working with cycles and we're working with being in flow and how can you do that if you're just like fumbling around in the dark like when you know your system um you know it makes life a little bit easier than 
going blindly. So, um, yeah, yesterday everything was just in flow and, yeah, today I've woken up just feeling like, um, and it's different things, like different things come into my field, like I'll read something or I'll see something, you know, and things will ping or they'll shift something in me. And, um, yeah, today I just realised like I've been playing a small game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and root centre month in Stardust has been really messy and, um, yeah, lots has been stirred up and um, it's clearing out and on the other side of that comes a lot of clarity and space for truth. Yeah, so yeah. great. And, like, just talking to, talking to you then, I'm like, yeah, so there was, like, a lot of, you know, those, you know, you got the full channel of energy from that five gate and you got, like, a bunch of really beautiful, like, uh, you know, the tantric channels up from your sacral to your yeah. G that allowed a lot of, that is a lot of, like, that life force energy inflow with, like, our, our purpose, our direction, not mentally, not knowing where we're going, but, uh, like, feeling where we're going and a lot mm. of that. You know the emotional wave that you've got there is all about you know adventure being emotionally engaged yeah. in life because it's a, a giant adventure so you know you're speaking so beautifully to like what your energy was doing yesterday yeah yeah, yeah. now talk and to I us had, i had a lot of energy yesterday yeah like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all in. it's all in and like so talk to us about this ebb and flow with things like how is it to let that go when it like obviously you're still kind of in that zone because you've you know the transit's still on but what's it like when it fades out like how does that how have you in the past been with that before you kind of had the conscious knowing through human design and the embodied practice of living your design what was it like then compared to now to feel that stuff fade out yeah so um, be beforehand, um, I used to think there was something wrong with me, that sometimes I'd have energy, um, sometimes, like, I just had nothing. And I'm well-renowned for being a procrastinator, but I don't actually think I am a procrastinator. Well, I can be, let's be honest. But <laughs> um, there's some things that I just don't want to do, but, you know, yeah should do it and have to do it but it's not true to do it so you just don't want to move you don't have the energy to do things that aren't true for doing yeah. well and so this and this is our program right is that we need to hustle to be well and to have be successful right so procrastination yeah. is bad but like if we look at your chart open ego center right facing motivation arrow like you're not your willpower your motivation is not a consistent hum in your system it's going to yeah. ebb and flow depending on what's activating inside of you you know and this this applies to everybody who's listening to this you're not just reflectors like well, this is how our systems work right just because you don't have something doesn't mean you'll never have it the distortion comes when you grip to having to have it, you mm. know? And so now that you know this about your system and you kind of can ebb and flow, you can see procrastination as actually just like, I move at a different pace to society, society's program. And I do things in my own time and I have these fits and bursts of energy and then sometimes I don't and whatever else. And those times are for different things and I get curious about what those times are for. How has this changed the way that you show up in your life? Um, I have full permission now for cancelling plans. I'm I'm very good at cancelling things, um, and mo mostly guilt free. The only time I feel guilty if I've done it repeatedly, like over a week or two, to the same person, I feel a bit like. Oh. Can you feel the difference <laughs> when it's an avoidance pattern as opposed to when it's just true? Yeah, yeah, it feels. It feels when when it's an avoidance pattern, um, when I cancel, I don't feel better afterwards. But when it's true and I cancel, I have an instant like like a pressure valve's gone off in my system and my system just oh, like yeah. relaxes and um and it, it also too I've noticed um like when when I um am going somewhere. Um, I've been doing a lot of travel and I've been saying yes to a lot of things recently that are taking me on these amazing adventures and prepping to get there. Um, all the things I have to do can sometimes get quite overwhelming. 
and I'll feel all this pressure in my system. And it's I get to this point of, um, oh, maybe I just can't do this. Maybe it's not right. But I've realised it's like a transition period. It's like a birthing transition. And if I stick with it, um, and yeah. And, and like Megan has gifts in her chart that support her around that, like intuitive gifts coming off her splenic center around intuitively tuning into wellness, right? Like is it is it avoidance and procrastination, true procrastination and avoidance, or is it actually just true that I'm in a spot that's challenging and it's worth me, you know, s sticking with it, you know? She's also, you know, got some stuff coming off her sacral that supports that so like these are where our systems support us to come back to truth and it's okay that sometimes when we start playing around with it that we don't actually realize what's a pattern and what's truth and we we muck around with it and this is where it's like the embodiment part of human design is so key because our minds can take the information and actually use it to reinforce patterns. I see this a lot, right? Particularly, I mean, the classic one is projectors, right? They love it. They're like, oh, they find out they're a projector and they're not meant to hustle. And then suddenly they're victimized by all these sacral beings that have made them hustle all these years. And actually I can't work a nine to five and I'm just gonna lie around here. And then they get victimized by the fact that their life you know, falls in a heap, but they're not actually investing their life force energy in a way that's true either. They've just taken this knowledge of being a projector and having an ebb and flow sacral energy to, say well fuck it i'm i'm actually gonna indulge in being lazy mm. right you know so this is where the embodiment the actual game of living it is so magic as opposed to just mentally knowing it and then as a human design reader being able to encourage people through your own embodiment to also get embodied in their own game uh is like a permission in itself yeah? yeah yeah it's so amazing oh megan i feel like i could talk to you about human design all day long yes but <laughs> tell tell us your tell us your uh like what's 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 something that about being an embodied human design reader and being on this path of being an embodied human design reader and for people who are curious as to how i teach people to be an embodied human design reader, basically it works like this. You can come in with a mental concept around I am a reader or I am not a reader and that's kind of irrelevant, right? Like I trust the thing that brings you into the container and we play the game of human design. Megan's talked a, le a little bit about it. It's in Stardust and we run through every center, every gate, every channel playing with that energy in our day-to-day -day lives, whether we have it or not, just being aware of uh, aware of it, the theme of it in our life and playing around with it. Then we learn the theory of human design at the end of the month to get that like, oh, now I understand what I've been playing around with. And we go through. And for some people, they come in believing that they're coming in to learn the human design information so they can be a reader. And somewhere along the way, their truth kicks in and they're like, actually, that's not true, but this is true, right? And they play that game. For some people, they come in and they want to be a human design reader and it's very true for them. And so then they continue down along this path of mastery, becoming a master at their own energetic body so that the channel is clean, right? And for some people, they come in and they don't even give a shit about the human design and they stay that way. For some people, they come in, they don't care about the human design, but somewhere along the way, the rabbit hole gets them and then they're in it and they're like uh oh it got me and that was definitely me right <laughs> and so and so they 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 learn that that path and so it, this this is this is my path to teaching human design as uh, human design readers is like i don't even know if you're going to become one or not right you but you decide at the point when you feel it that you are going to be a reader and then you start the journey of embodying your truest cleanest channel so the energy can run through you that theory can run through you that you can access the thing that is right for you and you self-certify yourself so megan actually decided that she was going to start doing readings and i was like great and so now we start playing the game of like 
how is she how is becoming a reader changing her again right and getting her really embodied now as like a i'm owning the reading component and i'm doing the reading component and what's shifting and changing for me so for people that are wondering about the path for me with me in this this is how it works everybody that comes into stardust could could read a human design chart it's just whether they choose to be the channel to do that or not at a point when it becomes true for them yeah or if they're willing to let the ego die that it's not true for so fun but uh just to finish off me and tell us about like tell us your the 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 most lit thing about human design for you in terms of being a reader like uh you've talked a little bit to it about giving that permission out to others but like is there anything in particular that pings for you that you want to share with people about reading human design for others i think feeling it come through and then get like be opening up and being that channel and saying what it is that they need to hear and seeing it land and hit and that permission and then also hearing back from people later um, how it's changed their lives, that it actually changes their lives. And it's like, wow, because I, I don't know, sometimes you sit there and it doesn't feel like a lot's happened and um and i i probably overfill people like i just want to tell them (laughs) 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 and and that's why i do record i always record either on zoom or in person um so you've got a recording when you fill up and you can't take any more but there's still more um to have them come back and say this is what's changed for me and I'm giving myself permission to be be in flow with themselves. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I think sorry. I, I think it's a really beautiful thing for people to feel because quite often it can feel like when you're giving something to others, there's very much that concept of like what you get. And it can be on a very egoic layer, but like when you feel this, when people are doing embodied human design reading, you really feel like their love of actually just being the reader. Mm. And I really felt that when you were talking about that feeling of the energy coming through you. Um, And that's certainly like, I make no secret of the fact that I do readings and I have Stardust and Fractal and Foxy because I love it. The fact that everybody benefits from it is like a happy coincidence for me because I'm like, I just love doing it, right? Like I love being in that energy. I love being that channel. I love flowing. That's just, it's just fun for me. It lights me up as a generator, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how come it's so true, yeah? yeah? And so, and then when you're open hearted, when you're clean, when you're clear, when you've got all of that for you, that beautiful sensitivity of the system and you can feel what it does in the field, you know, that is, it's not about rescuing people from their reality. It's about literally playing your role in what you're here to energetically do in the field. Yeah. For me, it's light the field up with good quality energy, right? And so every time I leave the energy a little bit more nourishing and a little less McDonald's French fries, I'm happy. You know, that's what I'm here for. What are you here for? You're here to attune the field to a deeper alignment. Mm. And that's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see human design as I, I explain it that um, it's like there's a real um, sort of, um, I can't think of the word, but an angst about being an individual and authentic. And especially people that have a lot of, um, individual channels in their system that um you know if we're all like if we're all different cells in a body and a heart cells trying to be a marrow cell well it puts the heart out of whack and it puts the whole body out of whack and if we're all living our lives authentically the way we're designed then humanity will just move as a collective the way it's supposed to be as a healed healthy body 
That's how I And listeners, that is reflect a wisdom in action. Like I'm just like, wow, wow. What a way to describe it. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're, we're all individual cells of a collective that have a function. We're here for a function, yeah. And that's why it's all perfect. Yeah. You're, you're, you're designed perfectly and the game that you're playing to live that design, whether it's right or wrong is also perfect because we're all learning how to be that collective body thank you megan so much so much it has just been the best to have you on here and to you know for me personally to see you bloom into this beautiful being over the last few years has been like i'm lit for it can you tell right yes. Um, let let the listeners know where to find you if they want to get in contact with you. What's your wh- where's the best place that you hang out online? I I probably um, hang out more. I'm more interactive on Facebook. I'm trying to be a bit more interactive on Instagram. I stalk around on Instagram, but I really live on. I'm a Gen X living on Facebook, <laughs> and, and I am Megan Lawrence, and that's L A W R A N C E on Facebook. Yeah, beautiful. We'll tag that in the show notes for everybody to go and find Megan. I highly recommend it. Don't forget, she's doing readings. I highly recommend getting if you want to be really seen very deeply. You know, that's that's a a reflector um you know forte so go and go and book a reading with megan and uh if you have received anything in particular from this uh episode please let us know in the either in the in the comments section of the where you found this show or get in contact with megan and i we love to hear how these episodes land Uh, If you are into human design, if you want to learn more about human design itself or get a a reading, both Megan and I do readings, or uh, if you want to learn how to embody human design so that maybe one day you will self-certify yourself to be a reader, you can find me on Instagram, Rebecca Kate Freeman, or you can check out uh, my online community, which is rebeccakatefreeman.mn.co it's called vortex bunch of free stuff on human design in there it's really great uh, for those people who are new to human design and want to fall down the rabbit hole with us lots of love all the best thank you megan and thank you for having me it's been a pleasure I believe it, believe it, yeah There's something going on